This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Tired of the empty promises, the lack of effort. It's time you moved on to bigger, better, tastier things. Garden of Life Organic Creamy Protein with Oat Milk is plant-based protein that actually tastes really good. With 22 grams of protein in a silky smooth, dreamy bed of oats and deliciously rich coconuts, do your scoop a favor and don't settle for less. Garden of Life Organic Creamy Protein with Oat Milk. Visit gardenoflife.com protein to learn more. This is Lester Till I Die TV. Watch and subscribe on YouTube and listen on your podcast platform. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. Fellow Fox fans, how are you? Three points last night. I tell you what, football games, they're a bit like buses. You wait seven days for one, and then two of them come along at once. We're back on Monday night at eight o'clock. It's the Premier.
It is indeed, and it's nice, honestly, it's nice to be concentrating on the football again. Um, talking about concentrating, if you want something to take your mind off all this ESL shit, you could do a lot worse than this. And just a quick reminder, um, the Minding My Own Football Business book, it's written by our first chief executive, as you know, Barry Pierpoint. It's all about Leicester City in the 90s. It is a fantastic read. If you're old like me and remember it, it will give you another take on it. And if uh, you're young and you weren't there, it's a great uh, book about a decade of uh, good success and change at the club. And if you go to all the W's, mindingmyownfootballbusiness.co.uk, um, you can get 30% off um, for else the Leicester Till I Die viewers. So a good deal there. And Barry will sign it as well. I don't think he'll send you a Pierpoint Outpost, but he'll certainly sign the book. And it's 30% off on all the W's, mindingmyownfootballbusiness.co.uk. And um, that is valid only on that website for the discount and only up until the end of April. And like I say, it is a really good read. You think <laughs> you think football's going through a bit of a funny time this week? You should see what Leicester were doing in the 90s, <laughs> really. Anyway, like I say, three points last night. We're back in action on Monday. Um, eight o'clock, it's at the KP. And that's not it. Uh, that's it. Eight o'clock at the KP. Uh, it's on Sky Sports if you have that platform. Uh, if you want to listen to it, lcfc.com, uh, BBC Radio 5 Live, and, of course, BBC Radio Leicester. It is Palace. It's the return leg, as they say. And I'm really pleased to introduce and have this gentleman back on the show from uh, Palace fan site, Pride of South London Fan TV. It is Ali. So let's bring him in now. He's been waiting. Waiting patiently. Good evening, Ali. Good evening. How are you? Probably very I'm good after right. your three-nil victory last night. <laughs> feeling very good. Feeling very good. I see you brought a little friend along as well. Uh, it's just my uh, palace gnome. So uh, when I started my channel, um, mm. didn't really have all the graphics, which I do now when I do my own. Uh, so I just yeah. wanted to have a little gnome. Yeah. No, you gotta. You've got to have a little friend, haven't you? Uh, you... Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I tell you what, looking at your injury list at the moment, give him a pair of boots, he could be playing for you, couldn't he? I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, he'd probably be better than us. Uh, could probably do a better pass than some of our central midfielders, so to speak. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Can I do, I mean, it just if you look at the, uh, if everybody looks at the banner going across the bottom, that is your, uh, your link to your um, fan site. Just give it a shout out, though. Yeah, no, Pride of South London Fan TV, uh, I'd often do, so I'll be doing a match review of this game, uh, so you can catch it on there, and then other football-related things like um, the uh, ill-fated European Super League, of course, and a few videos about oh, Wilfred Saha yeah. as well, so yeah, check it out, Pride of South London Fan TV on YouTube, I'll be doing a review of the game on Monday. The European Super League, I tell you what, I've had, I've had longer wanks than that. I really, really have. <laughs> it came and went so quickly. Stephen Collins, good evening, Stephen. Thanks a lot for joining us from Ireland. How the devil are you, sir? Good, I hope. I'm going to ask you, Ali, yep. are you going to give us a game? Because, like, we've played and we've won some games. We beat Man City 5-2, like we were saying before. But I don't think I've, I've ever played. Although certainly not this season, played a team as bad as West Brom. Are, are you going to actually say, give give us a game? Uh, I, I really don't. I really don't know how we're going to turn up because obviously we've got nothing to play for, really. And mm. um, last season, this time last season, we 
finished the season really badly when we were in a similar situation. We lost eight on the trot, one of them against you. So Palace fans are, don't have a lot of hope for the end of our season and it's petering out. We've, we've got players, uh, around 10 players coming out of contract. We've got a manager coming out of contract with their futures uncertain. So I really don't know how we'll turn up. It, if Saha comes on his game and Eze comes on his game, then I think we can give you a game. Um, but I'll, I'll be honest, I, watching you last night, you're exactly the type of team that will outwit Roy Hodgson tactically. He, he will come with his standard 4-4-2 against the central midfield of Tillemans in Diddy and Madison and will get out past, outrun. I, I am very fearful after watching you last night. I watched you up to 3-0 and switched off because I, I, couldn't, I, <laughs> I, I couldn't face any more thinking about it. You you watched about the first half hour then that uh, basically was, I mean, yeah I thought I would better do my research and then I thought actually <laughs> this uh, this looks like it's going to be an awful Monday night <laughs> it scared you a little bit I tell you what it it was amazing to watch I mean you know we we, we were playing a side that are fighting for their lives supposedly um, they'd beaten Chelsea albeit ten men five two they'd beaten. Uh, Southampton, who obviously we were, you know, played in the cup three uh, nil. I expected a team to sort of turn up. It was like a, a training match for us, and you know, we. I mean, I joked afterwards. It was like watching Brazil, but you know, I, I think um, <laughs> I think if I put my shoes on and got all my mates around, we'd have given them more of a game than West Ham. So I really do hope you're going to give us something to at least go for, because you you have been our bogey team in the past. I think we have been in the past, but I think last season you you definitely got the better of us. And um, I think earlier in the season, I think you we you basically didn't beat us because you didn't play your best team. It was around that Christmas mm. period, and I remember thinking at that time that if you'd played Jamie Vardy, it would have been over by half time. I thought you may, maybe made a bit of an error there because I think you could have got a few goals before half time, finished us off, and taken them off and rested him at half time, but. Obviously, yeah. that was for the long game to keep him fresh for the end of the season, and it seems to be working. So I think you can judge yeah. that decision at the end of the season if, if you get top four or not. So I I think where what's interesting about us is we we used to both be counter-attacking teams. Um, mm. So it was interesting to see that come up against each other. But, I mean, you're talking a year, a year and a half ago where we were really an effective counter-attacking team. We've, we've sort of slowly regressed under Roy Hodgson. So... I, I I I have you as firm favourites. Yeah, I mean, looking at the the results I've brought up there. I mean, we'll come on to the game earlier in the season next. But um, last season we did the double over, yeah, three and a two nil. But I mean, you know, you've got in there four one, and I, and I seem to remember a five or six nil drubbing um, quite quite recently. Um, and I never take games against Palace as as, as given. I've got to be honest with you. Yeah, I think that's because I think if Wilfred Saha turns up on his game, mm. um, then we then that's obviously a big factor. We've also added in Eze, but I don't think he's been yeah. utilised correctly by Roy Hodgson. And we can be very hard to beat when we set up in a compact manner and, and we counter-attack. And that was sort of the foundation of Roy Hodgson, but that we're not hard to beat anymore. If you look at the amount of goals that we've conceded this season, we've got in our central defence, we've got Gary Cahill, brilliant player in his day, but he, the end the end game is here for him now. And we've had a makeshift centre-half in Kiate all season, who's done a sterling job, but he's not a natural centre-half. So there's a lot of areas that I think that you can exploit. Um, and I think we're a very different team. I think when Roy first came in, we had Johan Kabay and we had 
an eye for a pass that kind of allowed us to have our own sort of style. But since Kabai is gone, we've been very, very stagnant. And um, yeah. I think I think you, probably in your mind is a palace of a year and a half ago. <laughs> Quite possibly. I mean, it's been such a weird season. I mean, you know, I don't think you could predict anything this season because, you know, you, you look at the Villa-Liverpool result, you look at, say, the recent um, Albion-Chelsea result, and it has been a season. And I'm just looking, you know, we, we, we played you, um, let's just bring the details up here. Uh, it was back in December, like you say, mm-hmm. at, at, at your place. It was one all. But when I look at that game, um, and it's, <laughs> I've, I've, one of my colleagues on here doesn't like the fact that I always seem to quote stats there. But, you know, you look at we were virtually all over you. Yes, we had no Jamie Vardy. We were mm-hmm. quite bad at the time. You know, I'm looking at the squad now. It it, it was a make, not say a makeshift, but it wasn't our our what we would call first choice team. But you know, looking at that, we should have beaten you. But I think you know, we we would have been happy at that point. The fact that we came away with a point. I th- I think so. I mean, I think um, that was kind of. Um... I, I guess so. I think maybe, but I think I do think you had a couple of chances in the first half where I think Jamie Vardy would have put them away. So, um, and I think, yeah. yeah, I mean, that was probably perhaps Palace fans. We were surprised we were in a really bad run of games at that point. So mm. the fact that we came out and we did as well as we did on that day surprised yeah. us. But I still think that if you brought your aid game and your A teams as such yeah. that you would have won. I felt you had a, a couple of chances in the first half and I thought Vardy would have put that away uh, maybe yeah. one or two nil by now. But, um, you know, Brendan Rodgers will be justified in that decision if you get over the line for the top four and kept him fresh for the end of the season. It's one of those ones, isn't it, where you look at it and you think, well, that decision, we won't know if it's a good one or not until the end of, until yeah. the end of game 38. So, I mean, looking then, we had, we had Kelechi and Atcher up front and He's been such an enigma this season because, you know, he, he scored 12 in 12. I don't want to worry you at all. But he, actually, it's 13 in 13 after after last night. Um, I've got to be, you know, yeah, I've, I've got to be honest. There's, there's the sad thing about our season is that I'm not worried. I mean, it's, it's kind of at that point where you're indifferent. I mean, we've got nothing to play for. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But, but but sometimes, of course, like I say, with with, with well, contact the second collection. Like I say, early in the season, he he couldn't hit a barn door with a you know with, with a dart. But now he is sort of knocking them in. But um, you you say you've got nothing to play for, but then again, you've got no pressure on you. You can just go out and you can you know. It's like when you see teams that sort of like you know once a team is relegated and that pressure is off them. And I've seen Leicester in this position suddenly. You start winning a few games, so you know we need the points. We know we're quite lucky that Chelsea and West Ham are playing each other this weekend, so hopefully they'll take some points off each other. And you know sometimes it's better to play a team that's fight, like say with West Brom, because they're so nervous and there's, there's so much pressure on them. Yeah, you can, you know, like you say, you're not going to go down, you're not going to qualify for Europe. You know, eight games to go, your season's over, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just go out and you know kick it around and you know the pressure's on us yeah i think so i mean that's where i think it probably is a nervy game for you is that you really mm. don't know how we are going to turn up and it, i guess if yeah. wilfred saha brings his a game um i'm really really hopeful that hodgson will start jeffrey schlup 
Um, he he's he is actually a, a former player of yours, of course. Um, he's yeah. he, he's very very key to us having a counter-attacking system. Um, because he can play. We've often used him as a third man in the central midfield. He can play. He's played on the right for us. He's played on the left. And if we had Schlup, Eze, and Saha in behind Benteke, um, mm. I think um, we become a very fluid team all of a sudden because they can interlink positions. But Hodgson has his favourites, and one of them is Jordan Ayew. And for me, Ayew had a good season last season. He's one of those players who maybe has a good season once every few, but I still think he's actually, to be quite blunt, quite an average player. Um he does work hard for the team. A lot of the fans say he should be in the team because he sort of runs a lot. But, you know, Forrest Gump mm. runs a lot and uh, <laughs> he doesn't post the ball. So. He's, he's the ex-Swansea player, is the, are you, if I remember? Jordan Ayew, yeah. I mean, he, he had a very good season last season, but I don't think he's as natural a player as uh, as some of the likes. So he sometimes plays on the right-hand side. So he's currently keeping Schlipp out, but I think Schlipp's uh, more of a natural player than Jordan Ayew and... and would help us be a bit more of a fluid team in that him, Eze and Saha can then sort of drift to the right, left and centre and go wherever and they're much harder to pick up. Um, and of course, we've had Jordan Ayew play above Batshuayi at times this season, which I think is ridiculous because Batshuayi is a much more natural player than Ayew. But Hodgson, the thing about Hodgson is he he has his little favourites and he has his little favourite formations. He's like, he's like your great aunt at Christmas who gets you the same socks every year. He's very... Um, <laughs> he's very... Uh, Predictable, yeah. Yes. Talking of ex players and, and Jeff Schlupp, and I, if I if, if if I was working and I got a bit of money, I might put a bit of money on him to score because ex players like to score against us. I think I think you paid us twelve million or something like that for him, and it was like a case to be honest with you from us of take the money and run because mm-hmm. again for us Jeff Jeff Schlupp and he's played you know left mid left back mm. you know um defensive uh he could run and if he was running at the goal you know he, he, he could he could leave defender standing but he couldn't hit a barn door with a like i say a dart with a dart he, he you know, nine times out of ten, it'd end up in row Z. And, you know, he's part of the championship, you know, the Premier League winning team, and we'll always love him for that. But, you know, we, I can't say he was a great loss to us. How impressed have you been with him since you've had him? What I'd ask you is, what, what position did you predominantly play Schlepp in? It was, it was, a, it was a, a mix, because, like I say, we could have him at sort of left-back, you know, the left-wing-back, or it was, you know, left-midfield. So it was usually one of those two, occasionally, as an out-and-out strike, but that was occasionally. Yeah. Nine I times out of ten, it was down that left side. See, what Hodgson did, started using him as sort of the third man in a three-man central midfield, which he stopped doing because he converted us to four-four-two with two central mm. midfielders. And that's where it was, I thought Schlupp was a very clever player to use there because um, he was really key to our counter in, in his having his pace through the middle, got us up the pitch quickly. So Hodgson would sit mm. us back, but having Schlupp in the middle allowed us to get further up the pitch and get Saha on the ball. But um, when Schlupp's out, I actually think our whole tactical system evaporates. Um, and... I think he stopped using him in that role, which is a shame. He uses him more now on the right-hand side or the left-hand side. But I think when he does play, him, Eze and Saha sort of move around a bit. So I think he is crucial for me to Roy's system. So mm. I don't, if you can say Roy's got a system, but when he doesn't play, our counter-attack, it melts. So I, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying he's a great player, but he's integral to our system 
and the way that we can counterattack. I mean, we can counterattack really. We can be one of the best counterattacking teams in the league. Yeah. When we've got Star uh, and Eze on song, and Schlupp just gets us up that pitch. So he's so fundamental in that. In that, when he doesn't play, um, I think uh, we just end up camped in our own half. So yeah. I get what you're saying. I don't think he's the greatest, but for us, he's been quite integral to our system. I'm pleased. I mean, we were, you know, you like, <laughs> I did, I, it was just frustrating, I think is the word I'm looking for more more than, than awful, if you like, because yeah. we knew we had potential. And sometimes players, a bit like Damari Gray this season, you know, he's moved on and sometimes players have to move on to yeah. into a different team, into a different manager. Um, you know, we look at Inacho and, you know, it's Brendan Rodgers that, that's getting a tune out of him where, where managers couldn't before. Uh, Scott, we're going to say good evening to Scott. He's saying um, he's hoping your players are already looking at what holidays they can book. <laughs> I don't think they can. We're not allowed, are we? No, we're going to say you can't, they can't go away anyway, Scott, at the moment. Yeah. So, um, um, but, I mean, yeah, they probably would be. I mean, some of them are yeah. out of contract in the summer anyway, so they probably don't really care that much. So, um, yeah. I mean, looking at, I mean, you know, we've we've had, and I always used to hate it when teams used to come on and, go, and fans used to say, oh, you know, especially the fans of the so-called, you know, top six or big six, super six, whatever you want to call them now. Um, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. we've got all many, you've got all these injuries, and but everybody's had that this season because of the way mm. that. Um, the see, you know, the fact that we had a short uh, um, pre-season. There was, you know, there was about a month between last season ending, this ending season starting. Everybody's had problems. I mean, that to be honest with you, I look at that, and I've got we've got two excellent players out, Harvey Barnes and James Justin, who, to be honest with you, would probably be if they were fit. Mm -hmm. In the starting lineup, um, but that is probably the the shortest list I've ever typed out for Leicester City's injuries. Then I look at yourself, LFT, that sort of late fitness test. I don't know how up to date that is, but that's what I got off off the web um, uh, yesterday. Yeah. You, you've got quite a long list of injuries there, haven't you? Well, I mean, you'd never believe it because um, we yeah we had at one point we had a longer injury list than Liverpool, but you wouldn't read that in in the media. Um, no. <laughs> no, but uh, we we did we beat them, but um, that's one league table that we 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 are we were top of at one point. Um, but yeah, no, we do have a, a long injury list, and some of them are sort of common players who are injured. I mean, Schlupp's one who's just come back. He's that's one of his other problems and frustrating things. I do agree with you, by the way, on that description of him as frustrating. Um, but yeah. I mean, Tompkins is a very important central defender to us. Um, uh, he's been out for most of the season, um, which has mean, meant we've had to use Kiate as a makeshift centre-back. Um, mm. He's training. I don't think he'll play. Gary Cahill should be fit, Roy has said. If not, it sounds like Sacco will come in. And if Sacco comes in, it's a complete lottery. You don't know what, what he will do. He'll either have a blinder or do something ridiculous. Um, yeah. And he's, he's one of our players coming up to... The end of his contract as well so you've got that thing is are they going to be given 100 percent um so i think i think really I, I think what would be key to you actually and what i fear most is are even if cahill is fit him and kiate against iniacho and Vardy, i think they're going to eat eat them alive yeah they're going to absolutely ruin them we've, we've kind of stumbled on those two because we've tried playing the two of them together in the past it hasn't really worked but because of the injuries and you know, we had to put, you know, sometimes we had to put sort of rectangular 
blocks into square holes and we kind of stumbled on this and Vardy I mean he, he's he's back to scoring ways he, he took that goal superbly against West West Brom and thinking yeah he, he's back because he hadn't scored in like 12 or 13 but we had yeah. kind of stumbled on that but they are probably in in my eyes and I, I know I'm, I'm sort of wearing blue tinted spectacles here but they're mm. probably the you know the 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 two in for you know the informed strikers at the moment. Yeah, Playing them together, Vardy's become the provider, but I don't mm. care who scores as long as one of them is. I know it's very very rare, isn't it, to see mm. um, two strikers like that out and out strikers like that played up together. Now it's usually just the one, and that was the mm. thing that struck me last night watching them was their their relationship has really seemed to have blossomed over what must have been a handful of games, and, yes. and their move their movement for me was what was well why probably I switched off after the time I switched off because I just thought they are <laughs> going to absolutely destroy an aging Gary Cahill and a makeshift centre-back mm. in Kiafe. And I think that is where you'll win the game in that area and also in the central midfield because we'll only go with two central midfielders. But um, they are, I mean, Ineacho was someone I was looking at uh, in the summer thinking, well, Leicester won't, might, might not need him. We needed a striker. But he mm. has really, really found his feet, hasn't he, in, in the last few games? So, yeah, I think I think that's going to be a big area, the, the striking area for you, and I think ultimately one of the big reasons why you'll win the game. I, th I think you know, in show, I loved him when we signed him. I was so happy because you know he was this, you know, he, he was knocking them in for pleasure on uh, when he played at Man City. But then again, mm. so could my, so could my colleague Craig Bird, and I know he's watching because he's posted. I'm going to bring his question up in a minute. Okay. <laughs> Anybody could score in that in that um, in that Man City um, yeah. squad, mm. and we signed him. I thought, oh god, yeah, him and Vardy, and it hasn't mm. worked out for him, and. It was a shame, and the problem was he wasn't getting regular. He was being shoved in an odd game here and an odd game there, and strikers are judged on goals. Now he's had a run, and we just seen, you know, mm. if anybody, for me, he's got to be the first name over Jamie Vardy on oh, on, wow. on the team sheet. But talk, talking yeah. of strikers, Craig, and he, he's my co-host, and um, you've got to give a shout-out to Craig because I don't know if he, he heard my shout-out uh, yesterday, but he actually he, he chooses the squad in every preview game, and he actually got the squad dead on for last night's game. So, Craig, well done, mate. It's taken it's taken nearly seven eighths of the season for you to do it, but you finally got one of the teams right. But he asks there, has Zaha missed his chance of a big move, and is he really all that? He doesn't look like he enjoys playing anymore. Uh, on on that, um, I would say it's whether someone's prepared to pay the money um, for mm. him, and that's the in. So a couple of seasons ago, Arsenal wanted Zaha, not Pepe. Um, do not believe the the spin they put out on that, that they went for Pepe for the long term. Uh, Saha met with Unai Emery. Uh, Saha wanted to go, which obviously is a shame, but you, um, Emery wanted Saha. Um, but ultimately, they went for Pepe because they could pay for him in instalments rather than the larger fee that we wanted up front because, as we know, Cronker is a stingy businessman, probably... The Ian Bill football, except Ian Bill's cafe's probably got a better atmosphere than the Emirates. But um, <laughs> so that was probably his chance. But you know, ultimately, look at Arsenal. Was it a big move? Because they're a, they're a mid-table side as well, aren't they? So um, yeah, they are that now. was probably his chance. But um, on, on, in terms of that, I think if you want a player who's going to hit the Premiership running next season, then then I think one of those 
clubs above us should go for him. But I think now, now these sort of the bigger clubs, do we call them now? Sellouts, ESL clubs, bigger yeah. clubs. Um, yeah. they, they want now, they go tend to go for sort of someone in the 18 to 24 age range to mm. so they've got a chance to develop them and, and maybe a sell-on value, whereas Wilf is now 28. So what I think will put teams off in terms of Wilf is the fact if he gets one injury, and I've seen it happen with Yannick Bellassi when he went to Everton, another sort of pacey, skillful player, that can really kill them at that time in their career. But if they if he doesn't, you're getting someone now in his prime. Um, mm. And in terms of not enjoying his football, I, 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 I wouldn't enjoy playing for Roy Hodgson. And I think I've got two, what I'd say on this, I've got, um, if you, I've got two videos on my channel, actually. Uh, one, the first one I ever did was on Roy, uh, Saha's time at Man United, which exposes the myth that he was a flop there. Um, mm. They absolutely no effort into developing him and uh, David Moyes just he's, he's obviously had a very good season but he's very good with players like Bowen but a, a real flair player if you look at what he's doing with Ben Rama Ben Rama hasn't scored a goal this season he's not really about flair wingers um and the other one I've done is about Saha's stats now if you look at Saha's stats over four seasons they actually stand up incredibly well considering we play and it's statistically proven that we play in one of the most defensive teams in Europe the season yeah. before this one, we scored one of the least amount of goals in Europe. Um, and this season, he's got nine goals in one of the most, probably the most defensive team in the league. Most games, we've got below 40% possession. Uh, he's been out with COVID. He's had an injury. And during those periods, he's those were teams in and around us or below us. So he probably would, should be. If he had been, hadn't had that, he would definitely be in double figures this season. The season before that, he was a bit off because we were playing him on the left-hand side and he would just get treble marked. This was when we didn't have Eze. But the season before that, he was in double figures. And the season before that, he got nine goals. And this is in one of the most defensive teams in the league. And you see the stats when he's not when he's not playing. It's like we've got two wins in 21 when he's not playing. He literally carries us on his back. And yeah. to be honest with you, the, the sort of criticisms of him... The, there's a lot of myths around him from opposition fans and the media, but uh, about him, oh, he's you know he's not that good. He flopped at Man United. He had his chance. He couldn't make the step up. He's not that good a player. And then they always go on about how we're a one-man team. But um, what I would say as well on him not enjoying his football, I think that's the latest myth on Wilfred Saha because he gets a bit angry and he has his hands in the air. And I think he's using it as a motive because he's a sort of player who sort of plays on a crowd. A little bit like Jamie Vardy did at Sellers Park once when we taunted him about the whole uh, Colleen Rooney, Rebecca Vardy court case, and then he scored that goal. And he did the, yes. I can't remember, the Eagle celebration, taking Eagle, the mick out. Indeed. He, he, yeah. he plays off the crowd. So I think he's sort of playing off anger at other players to get himself going. Um, but what I'd say on it, and what really annoys me, because there's some tired, lazy pundits out there, uh, you had Steve Howie from Newcastle, Curtis Woodhouse, the former Sheffield United player, saying that they think Saha can't be a top player because he's always whinging and moaning. Whereas if it, when it was someone like Wayne Rooney for a big club or an ESL club or a sellout club, oh, that's the anger, yeah. that's the what's within him and drives him to make him a top player. So in answer to that question, I do think he can be uh, a player for a top club. But has his chance gone? It depends, really. It depends if... I, I don't know... I, I think the COVID market isn't helping him either. Every summer, I thought this will be the summer he goes and he doesn't. So I think he can do it. It's whether someone is prepared to take a hit on a 28-year-old now. 
Yes, yeah. Like you say, you know, he's certainly not a long-term buy, is he? But um, funny funny you should mention the old... um, uh, Vardy Eagle, because that was uh, that was a celebration that I don't think uh, any, any of us would uh, would long forget. And I'm just waiting for something to, to load, and it's refusing to. Oh, I'm going to gonna say good evening to Rob in a minute, because we're going to actually ask your question in a minute, Rob, because it ties in with something I want to ask as well. But a message from Jamie here for you, uh, Ali. No, I mean, I enjoyed that. I mean, <laughs> when you look back on it, I mean, I... Palace fans, we see it with Saha when, uh, as I was saying, when opposition fans wind him up, it makes him play better. Um, and it's, Vardy is exactly that kind of player. So I think after yeah. the game, a lot of Palace fans on the forums and things like that were saying, why were fans winding Jamie Vardy up? That's exactly what you don't want to do. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, a, you know, I mean, obviously we didn't enjoy it, but I, it was a funny moment. And that's the sort of moments you miss about football not being in the grounds don't you all that sort of banter yes. so yeah yeah i mean looking at your, your season um it, and we'll come on to roy hodgson in a minute because obviously i follow you on twitter and i see oh. sort of a lot of your Please comments coming up <laughs> <laughs> no 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 we're gonna we're gonna have to i'm afraid just bite your tongue for a minute but no okay i mean you, you, you sat there 13th, like you say, you know, you played 31 games, you've got eight games to go, you're neither here nor there, you're, you're in that mid-table sort of, yeah, sort of, you know, period. Mm-hmm. Um, is is this as good as it gets for Palace? I mean, you know, I'm looking at sort of your seasons that you've, you, you know, you, you've had, and I just, I just wonder what the ambition, you know, you've got, a, is Simon Jordan still your chairman? Oh, no, you're going well back. Simon Jordan's on Talksport um, now. I'm going to say, uh, no, Simon, I'm going to say, he's still uh, Simon Jordan's on, um, Simon Jordan's uh, uh, took us into administration. Um, right. uh, but they had a good 10 years with us. Um, it's Steve Parrish. But I can see why you're confused, because they have very similar hair. That's it. Yes. Yeah. No. I, I, I was. I obviously. I, I hear him every day on Talk Sport, and obviously he yeah. does talk about Palace. I think, and I thought I'm sure he's gone, but. Yeah, um, like I say, you sat there, like you can see there in in thirteenth. You're just behind yep. Wolves. Uh, you've mm-hmm. got a game in hand on most, but you know, as I say, is is this as good as it gets? Well, I think. Look, Palace fans, we're not unrealistic. Um, we we know what we are, and we know where we are, and we know what we've invested. And I said at the start of the season, we'll finish somewhere between eleventh to fifteenth. Um, so. I, I, but we have no issues with where we are. We're not, you know, a deluded club like Newcastle, for example. Um, but what what really Indeed. gets us is the style of play when you're watching every match and we have less than 40% possession, percent possession. And it's not... It, when Roy first came in, it was against... You know, he's, he's a, he gets, does, has got very good results against big teams in his career with us. Um, but... Against he's now doing it against teams like Burnley. He'll sit back and we'll have less than forty percent possession. So watching that week in week out begins to get to you. Um, yeah. And I don't think we can carry on with this regressive style. I don't. There was a point where we played Brighton, and if we'd lost that, we would have been sucked into the relegation fight. And we had Fulham in the next game, and we played Brighton. They had twenty five shots on goal, and we had two, and we scored both of them and one two one. But how often are you going to get, how much longer are we going to get away with that? Um, yeah. And it, it was just mainly because Brighton's strikers 
I mean, my my gnome is better at, at, at scoring than Brighton strikers. <laughs> so um, we got away with it. And I don't think next season, when you look at the teams coming up, I think we've been quite, all the teams, 11th and below, have been quite lucky in that the bottom three have been a very set bottom three all season. Uh, Fulham yeah. threatened at one point to get out of it, but I think they're pretty much down now as well. Is that Watford are coming up? I think it was a surprise when they went down. Norwich, I think, will be stronger under Vark second time. And then there's some good teams in that playoff. So I don't, how mm. much longer can we stagnate in the way we play? So I think, I think there needs to be action. So where the Palace fans' discontent comes from, our style and the aggression in our play, uh, not mm. where we sit but in the style of play. And when we added Eze, there was a hope that that would change. But he's just shunted him on the left-hand side of a 4-4-2 when he should be in an advanced central role. If you ask any QPR fan, that's where he plays. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's probably the biggest misuse of a player since Fengor and Eriksson shunted skulls to the left. So, yeah. that, so <laughs> yeah. it's content on style, not on where we sit. Yeah. Craig saying here... Um... And he was pleased to see Steve Parrish come out and say that he always votes at Premier League meetings yeah. as if he was in the championship <laughs> because yeah. he could be back there at some point. I mean, he is being honest, but it's not exactly ambitious. It's not exactly what you want to hear as a fan, is it? No, I mean, I get what Steve Parrish is saying. He's come out and said that, you know, a few years ago that we have to up our ambitions as a club. And I believe he's doing that. We've got a Category A academy now. I think he was hoping to get a bit more out of what you, what people don't realise is we've got uh, American investors who have who have as shares in at least half the club. So I think they've mm. not really invested what we were hoping or been as, I think they're a little bit like some of these other American investors who've realised that the premiership isn't the gold mine they thought it was in terms of making themselves yeah. money. And I think they're reluctant investors now. So I think it's held back there. I think where he comes from is uh, we when he bought the club, he bought us from hours of going out of existence. So it was only because Palace fans protested outside of Lloyd's Bank in London 10 years ago that Lloyd's uh, put through a sale of our ground, which tied up the sale to Steve Parrish. So he knows the pitfalls of the financial world in football. So he, he always remembers that. He he is a Palace fan. We, we've been through two administrations. Um, so I, I admire him in that. And I think every he come out, when he comes out and speaks, when he did during the coronavirus for Project Restart, and last week, when you were looking for someone to come and speak in a measured way about the ESL, um, do you know what I'm going to call it? The European Super League ESL, it's, it's like a swear word, it's disgusting. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, he spoke so well in the media when you were, uh, and, and, it, and was so measured that, you know, I think he's actually, Steve Parrish has won a lot of support from our fans this week that I think, you know, even if he said, I'm going to give Roy another year, I think mm. the fans, I mean, social media would erupt for 24 hours. We'd all have a hissy fit. I'd have a hissy fit. I'd throw my gnome out the window. But yeah. I, I trust him. We trust him because yeah. he he has a very objective view of things. Um, yeah, so that was good because I think, you know, yeah. it is important that we remember those teams lower down as well. Because, But I don't think he is. I do think he's looking upwards. Um, but I think that's just a statement of recognition of where we've come from. I think as fans as well, one thing that's come out of this ESL fiasco is, you know, it's brought fans together. You know, and I when I oh, yeah. you know, I was my surprise was seeing fans of Man United going mad at Man United, fans of Liverpool going mad at Liverpool, actually hearing pundits like Gary Neville 
having mm. to go at his own beloved Man United. But it's brought, yeah. you know, it's, I can remember, you know, a few years ago when our, our late chairman passed away in, in, in the horrific uh, helicopter accident, it brought yeah. the fans together, the, you know, this, the yeah. love and the warmth and that came out from all clubs, mm. you know, from all leagues in all worlds was unbelievable. And it, you know, brought home to us that, you know, take the, the rivalry out and yeah. we are all football fans you yeah. know that's uh, and that that's that's certainly come through but you say and we've got to, we've got to come on to him and and like you yeah. say you know it is time is up this summer but i was looking at some stats and they say 155 games he's played for uh, managed for you yeah he might play you never know he might be that desperate mm-hmm. he's 152 you've lost 65 he's got a win percentage of 33 but like mm-hmm. i'm saying there you know I was saying about, you know, mid-table mediocrity. It's 11th, 12th, 14th. He sat in 13th at the moment. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, is he going to be let go? If he, And Rob asked earlier, and this is why I said I wanted to, to, to bring this Rob's question in here. Do mm-hmm. you keep him for, a, you know, a bit longer? As Roy, is he taking you as far as he can? And if he goes, who, you know, who would you like to see? Who do you think you could get that oh. could come in and take you that, that to that next stage? You've asked me the question, haven't you? <laughs> I, I'll answer. Um, um, it's a really. I mean, I'll come on to who I want in a moment. Um, but um, I think he will go. And the reason, and that's an interesting question from Scott, and I'll answer that in a moment because he is someone I, I would consider. Um, the reason why I think he, one of the big reasons is he will go, is we've got around ten players out of contract, which is a ridiculous situation. That's not Roy's fault. That's Steve Parrish's and our director of football, Dougie Freeman's fault, to have 10 players, and there were more who have now signed up out of contract at the same time is ridiculous. But we've got players like Sacco, who who is allegedly on 100 grand a week, and even Connor Wickham, who has hardly played for us because he's so injury-prone on 60 grand a week. We're going to get at least 200 grand a week off our wage bill. So right. that's what we're hoping is that we can reinvest that and freshen up the squad because we've got an aging squad. So it feels like if someone's going to start that process of freshening up the squad and with Roy Hodgson's contract coming up at the same time, maybe now it is just a natural time to say goodbye. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like it is going to happen because this time last year, um, his one year extension was announced and every week he's getting asked about it. And he's saying, I'll tell you when the time is right. And I think if he was staying, he would have said, I'm staying. I think it would have come out by now. Yeah. But then the coronavirus and the market and things like that, you could think, I could see why the board would say, well, Roy hasn't finished below 15th with us. We can't go gung ho in the market. Let's play it safe for one more year. But I am, all the sound bites I'm getting is that he will go. So who would I replace him with? There is no overwhelming favorite among the Palace fans. Every candidate you put forward, um, yeah, there someone will find a negative uh, a reason not to. So yeah. the, the one the names that keep coming up is Eddie Howe. Um to me, yeah. I'm I find that interesting, but I I would question him about his recruitment, particularly at the end. He bought he spent a lot of money on Liverpool players like Solanke and Jordan Eve, that around 20 million on each, that was a waste. Mm. And ultimately he got relegated. So but I do think he did a very good job at Bournemouth and he, he's a very interesting, clever guy when you hear him speak about football and he would progress the style. So I wouldn't be averse to that one, but he's heavily linked with Celtic. Um, and then you get Sean Dyche. For me, I don't see the point getting rid of Roy for Sean Dyche. You're just getting similar 
probably not the best style guarantee probably that you're going to finish 11th 15th i don't see why we roll the dice for that mm. except that he's younger and would go for a, a bit of a longer time um so then, then you come to frank lampard now out of those three the names that keep coming up i i am leaning initially i was totally against lampard based on the fact that if you ask derby fans and chelsea fans his defensive structure was very questionable at both clubs however i do think we're the sort of club where he 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 sits now obviously he did a good job at derby got them to the player final he did very very well chelsea first season got them to an FA Cup final top four on a transfer embargo and was ultimately really badly treated at Chelsea and he wasn't given a chance. Okay, the decision looks vindicated now. Thomas Tuchel's gone and done really well. Um, but he was, he was only like five points off the top four and was in the last 16 of the Champions League. Um, yeah. And I just think if you had Lampard alongside an experienced number two, a good defensive coach and his development of young players because we've got a really good our under 18s are ripping it up and our under 23s aren't doing too bad with category a academy our academies probably never look so good and particularly in our under 18 we think we've got a few wilfred sahas coming through um our south london catchment area is very good you look at the way he developed mason mount for example yeah that's a very interesting appointment but i would want i'm sure jody morris is a good coach but at chelsea i always thought a bit like ole Gunnar has mike Phelan alongside him he needs a bit yeah. more experience and a defensive coach alongside him. Out of those three, I'd probably plump for Lampard. But the other name that I think is interesting, and I think why can't we get him if he's been at Newcastle on a Mike Ashley budget, is Rafa Benitez. That's a very good point. And I was listening um, to, to, I think probably it was Talk Sport, um, and we are talking about would Benitez go back to Newcastle and what other clubs would he go for? And they were saying that, in, in a way, Benitez's um, son is setting, if you like, is that he can't necessarily, and again, no disrespect for you, expect to go to a, and I include Leicester in this, but you know, he, doesn't, he doesn't expect to go to a Liverpool, a Man United. He's got to maybe yeah. look now at, a, mm. you know, the Leicesters, the Palaces and what have you. So he's, he's very good. A couple of points you made there. I mean, uh, I actually live in Paul, just down from Bournemouth, so uh, down the road from okay. Bournemouth. So I know, I know, mm -hmm. sort of Bournemouth and, and that them quite well. Yeah. And I lived in Burnley for twenty odd years, so I know oh, well. Burnley quite well. Mm -hmm. First of all, Frank Lampard, I think he could be good for you because he did. He seemed to do well with Chelsea when he was developing the youngsters. Yeah, you know, when when he yeah. when the transfer embargo was left and he went out to buy all mm -hmm. the. That's when it seemed to go wrong for him. So maybe I'm not convinced they. I'm not convinced they were his signings either. I'm not. No. I'm not yeah. Yeah. But no, I think, you know, if, if you're looking at a club that maybe hasn't got the budget of like a, a Chelsea, and who has, um, apart from Man City, it could be good. Sean Dyche, I've got to be totally honest with you. I can't see him leaving Burnley. We, you know, we used to be linked with him regularly. Mm. And he's, he's just. I think he's got a job there. He's, you know, he's taken them down. They didn't sack him. He's brought them back up. I think he's probably got a job there for life, or as long as he wants it. Eddie Howe's the interesting one because I can remember when I came down to to Dorset ten years ago that mm. the, there was fans of Bournemouth collecting money in buckets outside the pavilion because they were in that much trouble financially. There were mm. They were in the tier four with 17 points deducted. Mm. Yeah. Third of the way through that season, Eddie Howe came in and 
he lived the dream. And to be honest with you, had Leicester not won the Premier League the season we did, Bournemouth would have been the story because that was their yeah. first season in the Premier League. Yeah. I don't know whether I'm not sure he would go to Celtic because, of course, Eddie did go to Burnley. And the problem you got with Eddie is all his family, and he's he's a he is a big family man. And if you see him speak now, he's enjoying his time off because he, he he can be with his family. He obviously yeah. at some point will want to get back in. I think Celtic, if you like, is too far for him. It's an easy job for him because you're guaranteed yeah. first or second, but then the, the, the board will probably want first. thing with London is it's two hours on the train. You know, it, it, it's yeah. it's a lot closer. That I has been see... something that's been mentioned as well. Yeah. That has yeah. been a, mentioned as a factor. I think it – listen, I think the, the interesting thing is for me is what, what people don't realise is these their, – their managers, I know, do get interviewed. And, I, and to be yeah. honest with you, I, I, listen, I, I want to just put some respect on Roy Hodgson's name because he's – He's taken us through, um, he, he saved us from the debord debacle, and then he's taken us through these COVID times, which is a such an important time. Hmm. If you think that if you go down the season, the financial peril of that, considering a year of no match day revenue, it is is massive. So I think history will be kind to Roy Hodgson. I'll actually offer him the first interview and be like, okay, Roy, we've come 13th, we want to improve the style, what are you going to do? Um, I'd at least give him that kind of respect. But I think as well, I'd be asking questions. I'd be, I'm sure they've been speaking to managers, to be honest. I'd be asking mm. Eddie how how involved were you in the recruitment at Bournemouth? I'd be asking Frank Lampard, how are you going to improve your defensive setup? I'd be asking all these questions. And, and I think, like I said, whenever you hear Steve Parrish speak at critical points, like he has in the last year, he comes across as a very measured man. And I think he's learned a lot from the De Boer mm. sort of situation. I think he's going to make a very measured decision and I, I actually really trust him to make the right one for the club Dream team then, Roy Hodgson maybe staying on as that senior figure with no. Frank Lampard coming in Nah, if he goes, I just want him I want him gone it, it, it's been really, to be honest like as I said, I really respect him but it's been really grim to watch this season, I think we just need a fresh break right. Possibly you could That's keep Ray, Ray Lewinson in his number two Yes, yeah. I mean, in fairness, us fans outside of uh, outside of the Palace circle, if you like, we we see and rethink of Roy Hodgson of the England debacle and all that, and you see him more as you know, you know more what he's done for you as as yeah. as a club, you know. But I also think fans must look at us from the outside and think, what are they complaining about? They're thirteenth. The way I'd sum it up to Leicester yeah. fans is um, when you had, and I know when I've spoken to Leicester fans before, it really hammers home with them. Is when you had Claude Puel. A lot of fans, I used to look in and think, what are they moaning about? They're top 10. Um, unless you're really watching the games every day, you don't really know what's yeah. the style uh, and the true story. And that's exactly. very much the same with Roy. Um, yes. yeah. You know, I think it's no, very I'd, similar. I'd, I'd agree 100% with that. And um, the, the problem is with football fans generally, the more success we have, the more success we want, you know. And, yeah. you know, last season, if you'd given me fifth Europa League, mm. I would have bitten your hand off, but we were all mm. peed off the fact that we'd been top four and we threw it away. Look at Leicester this season, uh, yeah. and I know obviously you, you've not been watching us week in, week out. Um, we've sat there in fourth. We blew it last yeah. season, um, yeah. right at the end. We, mm. we didn't come back from post-COVID very well at all. And, and we slowly sort of sunk week by week. Do you see us maintaining that top four? Do you see us finishing in a Champions League spot? 
I think it was a, a very big win for you yesterday because you needed to react to the last mm. league defeat. Uh, I think I think you'll see it over the line. And if you see it over the line uh, and West Ham don't get top four, I would act mm. like Brendan Rodgers is actually my manager of the year. Um, what I don't think, I think what gets underestimated for me is his um, his kidiology, his, his ability to man manage players. And I thought that last season you were very unlucky. And ultimately, you were the most affected, probably alongside Bournemouth, by the lockdown and the project restart. Because you came yeah. back and you had Madison injured. Man United came back and they had Pogba and Rashford fit. And I'm not taking anything away from Man United. That project restart was no. what it was. And they took it. They did what they did from everyone was at, at a point and they did very well from those games. But I do think then, to, to then, after that disappointment, to get your team up for it again, and fighting for the top four and being in the top four all season. No one's been talking about that enough. His man management mm. and his ideology. And you go back to Liverpool as well. People used to say, oh, he had Suarez. Suarez is a man player who really needs man managing. Trust me. I mean, he he is a real character. I mean, I've seen him crying on the pitch of Sellers Park after we came back from 3-0 down on the Chris Ball game. Um, he, I think that got underestimated, how well he managed him and got a tune out of him. That's one of his real strengths. People talk about the style of Brendan plays. No one ever really, for me, talks enough about his man management. And you go back to the situation when Wes Morgan had his midlife crisis recently and held that party. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I think um, his man management, that has been superb. The way he's, you know, he, he took the, yeah. the decision that maybe cost you some points. And then he said, right, it's a semi-final now. We've got to, we've got to use this and come together. And you win that semi-final and then you've beaten West Brom. His man management of that has been very good as well. So I think you will do it this time. I think as well, what he's done really well is, is reshaping you like you've alluded to in this pod. Um, when you lost Harvey Barnes and then bringing in an Ineacho and, and basically changing your whole system. Um, so I think he's done an incredible job. I love Madison. He's great to watch. Um, yeah. He won't go to the work to the Euros because he doesn't play for an ESL club, but he's very good. <laughs> um, Vardy is always, yeah. you know, a great footballing character. Um, and I think as well, you know, I mean, the, the the fullback you lost, Justin, was in my fantasy football team. That was a bit of blow to me when he got injured. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I think he's been brilliant to watch and great and great club characters like Casper and Michael. And you know, you are the re you are probably the big reason why mm. what happened this week happened because they couldn't handle it when you won the league. There was those rumours and, and it goes back yeah. to when we won it that um certain chairman came out and said that you know we can't we can't allow this to happen again. But uh but no yeah. thank you for, for those kind words. Um gonna end now but before we go it's that awful time you know when you're always <laughs> gonna be asked this um right prediction now we do i don't know if you remember we do a prediction league with some ex-foxes here and myself and okay. I, I have to i have to keep mentioning it one of us is six points ahead at the top and it's not an ex-player so i'll let you work that one out but um th these are the scores that we've gone for and it's pretty much well it is across the board none of us seem to hold out much hope for you but mm. steve walsh steve line it's ian marsh they've literally all gone there for two nil um, mm -hmm. I was thinking 2 0, but I have a feeling, you know, if, if you say Sahara's on form, we've mm -hmm. always can concede a goal, so it might, might, might be yeah. 2 1. But fortunately, as I say, none of us are sort of holding out much hope for you there. Come on, you've mm -hmm. got to, you've got to have a bit of hope, haven't you? You don't, you don't know what Leicester are going to turn up. 
Uh, no, I really don't. I mean, listen, the key to it will be, as I said, is you, Roy will play. And I think it's actually going to be a watershed moment in Roy Ball. He's going to play 4-4-2, two central midfielders against the central midfield of Tillemans, Ndidi and Madison. And we're going to get out pass. We're going to get outrun. And then you've got the Ineat show and Bardi factor. I think it will be, I think because you're tired and you played on Thursday and we didn't have a game win on the cup semi-final week, uh, that might yeah. play into our hands. I'm going to go 4-2 to Leicester. Wow. High scoring. Uh, <laughs> I'll take that. Obviously, I will take that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Ali, just give your uh, podcast out a, sh- a shout out again. Oh, so yeah, thank can you. see where they can find you. Yeah, I think there's been a link in, in, during this, isn't there? It's Pride of South London fan TV, so I think there's been a link in here. Um, I'll, I'll put the link on the comments section as well on the YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah, lots of videos. I, I did one as well on the whole European Super League thing as well. So um, have a little yeah. look. It's not just Palace stuff. Um, if you don't want to get bored, listen to Roy Ball. But I have a review <laughs> up uh, on Monday night of the game. So hopefully my really? prediction is wrong, but um, not holding out much hope. But yeah, all the best for the rest of the season. And- Thank you very much for having me on. And Ali, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you're going to be with us next year, so hopefully we'll do this again next season. Lovely. And um, after Monday night, good luck for the rest of the season and uh, stay safe, mate. Thank you very much. Pray for Roy to go. <laughs> Fingers crossed for you, mate. Take thank care. You. Cheers. Bye bye. And then that's, that's the first. We've got a manager, uh, a fan saying, pray for our manager to go. <laughs> hey, he, he could, hey, what about Mourinho? We never mentioned Mourinho. He's available. Mm. Maybe not. Maybe not. Guys, you know, Monday night, we've got it. And I say thank Ali there. He, he's mentioned his, his uh, podcast, um, Pride of South London T- Fan TV. We are going to be back on Sunday night. Um, before Line of Duty, I'm clever. I haven't clashed with Line of Duty, but it will probably clash with Antiques Roadshow, so you can <laughs> watch us instead of that. We're going to do the preview show. Me and Craig, uh, he got the team spot on last week. Can he do it this week? He can't do it two weeks running, surely, can he? He did it, though. Join us at 7 on Sunday. We'll all be previewing the game. And then, obviously, on Monday, um, 40 minutes before kickoff, we'll be doing the pre-match show. And 40 minutes after kickoff, we will be doing the post-match show. Guys, we've just hit the 450 subs. Thank you so much for all the subs. Keep subbing us. We'd like to try and get to 500 by the end of the season, if that is possible. Uh, it would be great. So you got the subs telling you there, subscribe. In that corner there somewhere, there's a little subscribe thing. Click on that if you haven't done and subscribe to the channel and you'll see all of our shows. And if you want to listen back to this or you can watch back, you can watch it back, of course, on YouTube, Blessed Till I Die TV. And if you want to listen to us while you're doing the washing up or taking the dog for a walk, whatever you do, you can get into the podcasts on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify TV and Podcast. Podcast Addict, Timmy Teeth in to name but a few. And don't forget as well, guys, you can still get 30% off on uh, Barry Pierpoint, Leicester's first chief executive, his book, Minding My Own Football Business, the story of taking Leicester from um, private to public ownership uh, and our successful years, which was a successful decade with O'Neill in the 1990s. All the W's, mindingmyownfootballbusiness.co.uk and Leicester I Die readers, uh, viewers there can get 30% off in April only on that website only. And Barry will sign the book for you with a personal message. 
thanks again to Ali. It's always great. And he gave me an excuse to play this again. I never thought I'd be playing. I forgot all about that. Never thought I'd be playing that to a Palace fan. That was a nice, fun moment. Guys, Sunday night, have a good weekend. Don't do anything I wouldn't enjoy. That leaves it open. I will see you 7 o'clock along with Craig on Sunday for the preview show. Stay safe, guys. Good night. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Be sure to watch Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and follow all their social media platforms for all the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. It is now. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.